0: And I think for us as advisors, it's reckless advice to give somebody the the recommendation to not pay off debt when that debt that they hold, even though it's a low interest rate, we'll say, stresses them out and keeps them up at night.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Beck Bodhi No Bonds podcast. I'm Ben Beckham here again with my esteemed colleague <laughs> Matt Maurizio. Uh, before we begin, I always forget to do this, if it feels like, but please follow us on Instagram at, at BeckBodie. Um what are other handles again?
0: My name, Matt Maurizio. At oh, Matt Marizio,
1: At BBEC33. Um, Jim Bodie is at JBodie74. 71 71 71 yep grand total of four posts now
0: <laughs> i don't know if you even made that yet
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> um and also follow this um podcast on spotify and really yeah. anywhere that podcasts are found i yeah. think
0: we're working on itunes yep,
1: yep. working on itunes
0: and you could watch us on youtube mm-hmm. i would say also if you have questions or topics that you want to learn more about that i would say something that relates to your finances every week that you think about send an email to social at Beck We will not, we don't need to include names or specifics, but, I, but if you have the question, somebody else does. So, mm-hmm. so don't be scared to send us something and, and, and we'll happily talk about it and give our, if we were in your shoes, what, w- what would we do? Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts about it?
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's never can overstate that. You know, we being financial advisors, um, we get questions every day from clients, prospective clients, about how they should operate with their finance, finances, and uh, please, you're watching this. Something pops to your mind, something we said, or something you think about. Fire us off a message, and we will address uh, that issue or question in a future podcast, um, and perhaps directly back to you yep. um, um, that way. But today, we're going to talk about something that often comes up in the financial planning relationship with um, clients is how do we, or how do folks look at debt?
0: Yep. Yeah. I mean, I get the question a lot and I think debt there's, there's two pieces of the same, two sides, I guess, of the same coin where there are the numbers of it. So the finances, does it make sense to pay off or invest, but then there's the emotional piece. And I think for us as advisors, it's reckless advice to give somebody the, the recommendation to not pay off debt when that debt that they hold, even though it's a low interest rate, will say stresses them out and keeps them up at night. So for us, it's, it's, a, it's a balance of does that make sense financially and can you live with it emotionally? Mm-hmm. But I do believe that, that people have um, an unhealthy relationship with debt. So I felt like mm-hmm. it would be good for us to talk from the numbers and then we can talk about like how your emotions can play into the numbers and how maybe you should get out of your own way sometimes. And then sometimes how we, we get it and, you, and you've and you got to go with what the numbers maybe aren't telling you to do.
1: Well, I think that, you know, that's a good point you made a minute ago about, and we always say it, about how we, when it comes to recommendations, it's our job, at least it's the way we feel, about putting ourselves in your shoes as yeah. a client and um, recommending uh, making recommendations based upon what we would do if we were in your situation, but to your point after that, it's also a recommend. It's a recommendation, but it's also a dialogue that follows that, right? Because the dialogue, because while we, based on our experience and our beliefs, can provide a recommendation, um, um, it's also really, really important to focus on, you know, whatever that issue is, whether it's emotional. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 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 you know, just how holding debt can make people feel. Because I will say in my experience in, in the financial industry, people, not only debt, but people approach debt in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, emotionally, um, some take out too much, some take out not enough. And, and uh, so it's really something that, that, that needs a dialogue with, with uh, for example, us and, and to, to work through what is driving the decisions that you make.
0: Okay, so common advice, people have heard it, I'm sure, is credit card debt, stupid debt, home mortgage debt, good debt. Quickly, before we get even any further down the road, do you want to highlight or just explain why those recommendations are pretty blanketed?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, so start with credit card debt. Credit card debt is what is also referred to as revolving debt, right? And credit card debt is, I guess it's, it's it's tough in a few ways. A lot of the times credit card debt is much higher in yep. interest rate a lot of times than, um, than mortgage debt. It's not required necessarily. There's usually a very low minimum payment needed and uh, it compounds, right? Anything yep. up and above, if you're making uh, just that minimum payment, that debt is compounding um, and growing if you're not paying down principal. Yep. Um, and so I think that why those are versus mortgage debt, mortgage debt is typically uh, fully amortized, meaning that it's stretched out over a certain amount of time and a portion of your payment is always allocated to principal as well as interest. And that's something that we'll get into too when we dig into mortgage debt, I mm. think, if we have a few minutes more today is to talk about um, the specifics, because in my opinion, um, low, rate mortgage date, uh, mo- low rate mortgage debt is is can be a good thing for a lot of people. Um, but if you're refinancing over and over and over again, um, you could potentially put, be putting yourself in a tough position. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but credit card debt's revolving. It's compounding. Uh, folks look at that as something that you don't necessarily need to pay off. And it's typically at a higher interest rate so it's um it can be for somebody really trying to accumulate and better their financial position it can be a really big hindrance whereas mortgage debt it's uh deductible up to a certain amount um and um utilized properly is is uh, can be a very good thing
0: so it's compounds let me let's just explain that you have $10,000 of credit card debt mm-hmm. you have a 20% uh APR annual mortgage a- mm-hmm. annual rate excuse me mm-hmm meaning they will charge you 20% on that 10,000 every year. Mm-hmm. It compounds, so your low, your payment, your minimum monthly payment may only be interest, may only be payments toward the credit card company, mm-hmm. and you're not ever touching any of that balance you've accrued mm-hmm. to the point where it keeps going up and up and up and up mm-hmm. without ever chopping it down, right? It's a vicious circle, right? Yeah. Okay. And you said the opposite is in a mortgage, you're paying some toward the bank that's loaning you the money, the interest, and then you're also paying to down your actual balance. Right, In, in a,
1: I, I don't know the figures exactly, but yep. I think it, it it's pretty easy to say that the most typical type of mortgage out there that people take is a 30-year fixed amortized yep. mortgage. And so with those monthly payments, a portion of your payment is allocated towards interest, uh, based upon your interest rate and your balance every uh, month. And the other portion is allocated towards principal. In other words, how much um, um, of a value of the mortgage you took out in the first place. And so uh, that principal, little by little, gets, gets paid down. Um, and in the early years of the mortgage, you're paying the majority of your payment is towards interest versus as the years go by, a lot more of that monthly payment Uh, becomes principal, that the something that's not talked about a lot is when if you are, and this is one of the, the things you have to be careful of, I think when you're trying to better your financial position, and interest rates are moving down, let's say, and so you have an opportunity to refinance, you have to look at that balance, because every time you refinance, let's say to another 30 year fixed rate mortgage, and let's say you've been paying it off for five years. And so a lot more of that payment at the five year point is allocated towards principal, a good thing, you're actually paying down the value of that mortgage. When you go to refinance to another 30 year fixed mortgage, what happens your mortgage starts over again. So while you will be getting a lower interest rate, that's usually the case when you're when you want to refinance because you're lowering your interest costs, the um, portion of your payment that's going towards principal has now been reset. So it's a majority interest. And so when we see periods which we've seen over the last 10 years or so, of uh, falling interest rates or low interest rates and folks are refinancing a number of times based upon taking advantage of interest rates, something that's not really looked heavily at is that fact that you are resetting your uh, interest payments. So that's something you wanna take a closer look at to so be careful that um, the change in interest rate is positive enough to to counteract the, the interest being paid or the, the principal not being paid down.
0: Okay, um, so what would, Let's stay on that. Kicking over
1: my water jug here. So I'm going to put this up here.
0: Let's stay on that. You refinance. Mm -hmm. You basically kick the ball further down the line. Mm -hmm. So you're at 25 years left on your 30-year. Now you refinance. You have a new 30 years. Mm -hmm. What would make it make sense to add those additional five years on your home refinance? Give me a a scenario where you could say, yeah, I get it. You're going to pay more interest, but Mm -hmm. I would still do it if I were you.
1: If you're going to pay more interest, in other words, interest up front. So, yeah. so um, well first, you know, it goes to the, to the, maybe the bigger point is that what are you refinancing for? Right? Because there's, there's, there's other objectives in refinancing rather than just lowering the interest rate. Right? There's I'm refinancing and, and taking cash out of the equity of my home to perhaps put um, an addition on my house or to make improvements to an asset that I already have. That's an example of something that is positive that may be something you consider to, okay, it's okay for me to reset my, my mortgage. I may or may not be getting a lower rate, but I'm taking that capital, that equity that I've built up in my home to make improvements to an asset that in turn should, or at least I Um, reasonably expect to add value to that asset. So that to me is improving your overall financial situation. So there's an example of one where it makes sense. Um, Refinancing, uh, taking cash out to use for, call it non-essential or uh, assets that um, don't or aren't expected to appreciate in value. Um, that 's when consumers can start going down that more difficult road and does not uh improve the financial situation.
0: Mm. How about a scenario where I would say in the last couple of years rates have dropped at at a at enough to to make you look at it mm-hmm. let's say somebody accrues a bunch of credit card debt while they're they're building their business or something mm-hmm. in the last couple of years and they bought a home a couple of years ago. Now they have an opportunity to refinance. It's only been a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Paying off, they could, ca- you, what you're talking about is a cash out refinance. Mm-hmm. They could take that cash out, pay off credit card debt with it, mm-hmm. right? Which isn't actually buying something that a- appreciates, mm-hmm. but you're paying off a much higher interest debt to spread out over 30 years mm-hmm. to p- repay that debt over with a, right now, like a 3.5% interest.
1: Yeah, great, great question or great point I think you're getting at is that, okay, No. so there's an example, you're not taking that cash out to buy an asset, but you've got credit card debt that's out there at a much higher interest rate. And your ability to refinance and use the equity in your home and take uh, some cash out of that mortgage, so to speak, or that asset to pay off that credit card debt, um, it takes a very little minute difference in interest rates. Mm-hmm. In other words, the credit card interest doesn't have to be that much higher in order for it to make sense. Because when okay. you couple the difference in interest rate, as well as the tax deductibility of, of um, uh, the refinance or the mortgage itself, it's, it's to me a no-brainer.
0: Yeah. And I mean, home mortgage, 30-year fixed, three and a half percent right now Interest cut co- an an on a credit, credit card, card, 18%. Yeah. I mean it's still, it's a note. Yeah. So let's stay on that. Now let's talk about what those interest rates specifically mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a student loan, let's say, and it's 5%. Mm-hmm. And I don't like having the student loan because I feel like I'm just throwing money away. Mm-hmm. And I have extra money that I want to put toward it. Mm-hmm. Should I? Or should I say, you know what, that 5% interest Maybe isn't too high, mm-hmm. I should invest this other money
1: well that's that's what I was going to get at now we're getting into maybe a little bit more of a complex financial planning question, right is yep. because if you really think about it um, what are all the options you can do with with money a surplus in cash um you know uh so you've got this. In your example, you've got this, uh, which is very common to have student loan debt, hopefully not at too too large of an interest, but using 5% to me, that's not a very high uh, rate of interest for student loan debt uh, versus what I've seen out there. Uh, but even so, um, you have all these different options of, okay, if I'm not going to pay extra towards my student loan, does it make sense to buy a car? Does it make sense to buy a house? Does it make sense to um, uh, invest that money? I, To me, a general rule of thumb is that if you have a surplus in cash flow and you have a choice between um, paying off a reasonable amount of interest, which I would consider that 5% example that you gave for student loan reasonable Mm -hmm. and tax deductible to a certain amount Mm -hmm. um, versus taking that money and if you have a long-term objective for that money Uh, when it comes to investing, um, there's no question in my mind that um, a long term interest rate of greater than 5% um, can be achieved very reasonably uh, uh, over the long term for uh, money that you invest. And so if you look at that comparison, um, while paying off debt is something, again, as we talked about earlier in this um, cast, is an emotional thing for folks. Uh, uh, oftentimes, the more correct or the better direction to go in with respect to surplus cash flow would be to put that money to work for you, mm. so long as uh, it's reasonable, very reasonable, to think that you can achieve greater of a annualized return versus what the debt costs.
0: I love it. So, the, what? Let me just summarize that. What you're saying is strictly speaking numbers, not emotion. Mm-hmm. If you have a a debt at an interest rate that you think you could put your money in the market or in real estate or some in some investment and you can get a better rate of return than that interest rate on your debt mm-hmm. over long-term, we'll call it five years, three years, something longer than like the next 12 to 18 months, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think you can achieve a better rate of return on your investments than that interest rate on that debt, mm-hmm. then financially speaking, it makes more sense to take that surplus of cash it into an investment and only pay the minimum on the debt right okay right now let's talk the emotional piece mm. i think that's the last that last piece which is super subjective and we, pro- we won't really have an answer here but we can mm. help probably how you want to think about it yeah. let's say i have this 30-year mortgage at that three and a half percent right now four percent whatever it is and i get what you just what we just talked mm-hmm. about i get that i could put that money to work and I could get a return in the market in the last 20 years of 8% or 9%. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me, but I don't like the idea of, of owing money to the bank for the mm-hmm. next 30 years of my life. How would you meet somewhere in the middle? What, what what advice would you give to somebody there where you can help them better their financial position, mm-hmm. but also recognize the emotional need to, to pay more because that debt for thirty years, doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: there's again, as you said, there is at the end of the day when it comes to when it comes to mixing or meshing um, uh, mathematical mm-hmm. um, um, realities in terms of is it better to invest in something at seven percent with extra cash flow versus paying something off at three and a half percent obviously mathematically, it's a very easy answer. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we're also making assumptions that uh, let's say if, uh, if we think a reasonable rate of return over the long term is 7%, we're making assumptions that folks are comfortable that that's reasonable. Yeah. And if you're not in the investment industry, you don't have a lot of experience with investing that yeah. might not be emotionally reasonable. So then it's like, okay, then uh, the only thing that 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 they can visualize is, oh my God, I've got this debt on my back that's going to be there for a long time. And it's a significant portion of my income that's going towards this. I just want to get it off my plate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so how do we meet in the middle? Well, it's different for a different person, but again, it's a dialogue. And maybe it's perhaps uh, finding a way to um, grow your savings through investing, but at the same time, maybe not as fast, and maybe making extra payments to your mortgage. Mm. And what that does in a in a thirty year fixed mortgage, it it doesn't necessarily um, it doesn't necessarily save you any money and interest in the long term, but it does cut years off of your mortgage in terms of helping you may pay more principal down. Um, so it's always a tough question to answer, uh, but I find that the dialogue is the most important because sometimes the assumptions that folks have in terms of what does 30-year debt mean? You know, what does that mean to have a mortgage for that long? And just talking out what we just said is that, okay, well, wait a second. Let's, let's, math is, obviously we're in finance. Math comes uh, somewhat. Yeah. um, Math is not an opinion. Yeah, math is not an opinion. And for us, it's it's something that we work with every day. So demonstrating, you know, what 7% rate of return is compounded on surplus cash flow, yep. right? Extra money that you have coming on your paycheck versus what that means putting that entire surplus to your mortgage and actually showing mathematically um, in black and white what that difference is at the end of, let's say they have 15 or 20 years remaining in their mortgage versus putting that um, surplus cash flow into an investment and showing them mathematically what that does. That's gone a long way because my assumption is, oh, Everybody can you know, easily oh seven percent versus three and a half percent that's easy. Well, not when you've got a, a half a million dollar mortgage on your back and and it's in you know you're not in finance and you're not doing this every day. It's not as evident to folks as it might be to us because mm-hmm. we do it every day. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways that I go about it is making sure that folks understand what that actually means in real dollar terms, and depending on their age. Uh, what objectives they have in the future? Do they have to pay for college in the in the you know in 10 or 15 years? Are they can cons- you know are there are their retirement accounts and values where they need to be um, um, in order to um, um, reasonably retire at a or or retire at a reasonable age? Um, so it's a dialogue, and yep. it's and it's trying to find a way to make sure that we are all uh, of the same perspective in terms of how the math works and. And uh, that helps the emotional side.
0: Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that you, if th- if I'm that person, then I should speak to you, or at least have my own internal dialogue between mm-hmm. myself, me and myself, <laughs> and say I get that. The numbers make sense. I can tell. I look at the numbers. I see it. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, I don't care about the numbers. All I want to do is get this debt off my back. Maybe there's a somewhere meet in the middle of a suggestion. You said was pay and a little additional payment monthly. Mm -hmm. And then those numbers look better because now I'm only paying a mortgage for 22 years versus Mm -hmm. 30, whatever the number is. But I can take that surplus of cash, not Mm -hmm. the entirety of it, but I'll pay some toward the mortgage to satisfy the emotional piece. Mm -hmm. And then I'll do what the numbers say and invest the other piece. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So I would say that if we want to summarize the whole how to think about debt, What we covered is the higher the interest rate, the least likely you are you want to keep that thing long term. Mm -hmm. The lower the interest rate, the better the debt probably is. Mm -hmm. And then whenever you're making decisions toward debt, think about making them where you will better your financial position after you've made that move Mm -hmm. than you were in prior to Mm -hmm. it, making the move.
1: Right. And it works both ways, too, is that is that, you know, a lot of the to summarize a lot of the decisions around debt, you know, often revolve around taking out more debt bad, Mm. you know, paying off debt good. Mm. And generally those are um, generally speaking, um, those can be, um, um, you know, blanket used as blanket statements, but um, not necessarily the case, as you're saying, you know if you if that money that extra debt that you're taking out is going towards bettering your financial position um it's worth be it with yourself or with somebody else yeah. a dialogue, yeah, you know, a dialogue to really examine what position is just putting me
0: in cool well that I feel like that covers how to emotionally work work your work with debt mm-hmm. as opposed to just saying good good debt or bad debt paid off good mm-hmm. um cool. Mm-hmm. Well, listen. Uh, if you if you like what you're hearing, please rate us, um, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. We're probably most active at Beck Bodie, but you can find us on LinkedIn and Facebook and all the other social social channels too. Again, I'm at Matt Marizio, at BeBeck3333. Think so. Double birds, yeah. Larry birds. <laughs> um, or or send us an email. A lot email, of truth to that. Social at BeckBodie.com. Mm-hmm with thoughts, feedback, comments, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to No Bonds Podcast.